0: we are back baby we are back we are back you are looking live we get after it you know we jabber jaw we go tit for tat we have our little differences let's get funky like a monkey and here we go hello and welcome to the moose and runes podcast this episode 110 of the pod we've made it through the early aughts i don't i don't know sure i don't know i don't know how to say that but it's episode yeah. 110 we are here matt rooney joe musso bringing you uh, all the top headlines recapping a, a couple weeks that were we apologize for uh, no content last week as matt said on our uh, on our twitter account some things just didn't jive but uh, we are back and uh, ready to make up for lost time Matt.
1: unfortunately that's what happens in the in the world of you know podcasting for free Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the schedules don't drive, and we have two job. I mean, we each have a job to uh, to work on. Um, I, mm-hmm. I did get a little bit of flack via text message from someone who shall. I'll, I'll keep him nameless, but okay. he is a former guest of the show and may or may not have played quarterback at Illinois Wesleyan for a little while. Um, um, he, he was Craig Glad. That's had to be it because I totally yep. have his number. <laughs> uh, was, was texting me saying, you know, you guys aren't allowed to miss weeks. And I said, once you start paying the bills, or someone starts paying the bills, we will have a podcast out every single week, regardless of schedule. But until that happens, people, you're just going to have to to deal with the the missed episode every. Uh, John, oh, May. I don't know, 30, thirty
0: weeks. It might have been. Oh, it could have been Uncle John. Could have been. He, he fits the billing. He fits the billing. <laughs> he but, does uh, fit the we, bill <laughs> We're back in a big way here, Matt. We got a lot to cover. Free agency. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna have you get us a oh, wild free agency. free
1: agency for, activity, free agency for both sports, NB, really.
0: In the NBA, yeah, we're gonna have you get us up to speed on uh, an NHL free agency that may have uh, flown a little bit more under the radar. I just think it's silly that they do them at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, they literally started. What was June thirtieth? Was it six PM? Was the NBA and then the NHLs? You yeah. know, June first at whatever it is. July like one. Yeah. So it's just, or sorry, July one, right right afterwards. So
0: it's it's wild how
1: those line up just completely right away.
0: Um, I, I don't know if that's tactical on the NHL's point, that they want to, in some way, fly under the radar.
1: I want to say July 1st is Canada Day. And I okay. think that's why, like, you know, Canada, obviously the NHL is an American sport. Great. But that's like, I it, was going it's, to say, it's a you big what,
0: three, four teams? It's, it's
1: a big holiday up there, and, you know, they – Overall, I mean they probably care about the sport more than Americans do. So, so they, if, that, if, if that's some sort of tradition that they have running over there and they get a lot of – Free
0: agency and a plate of poutine. Yeah. I mean
1: there's not, not nothing wrong with that. That actually sounds like a pretty good day if you ask me. <laughs> I, I, If I had some poutine on while I was – with me while I had the NHL Network on all day July 1st, I'd have been a happy man.
0: Uh, Matt, let's start I mean, on mean I have NBA. to move to Canada? No, you're fine. Okay, good. Um, let, let's start on the NBA side of things. There's really no way to recap the reshuffling. 40% of the league free agents when that uh, June 30 um, free agency window opened. Uh, We do know some of the bigger names are headed different places. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving joining forces uh, in Brooklyn. Kawhi Leonard, we don't know where he's headed yet. Uh, Al Horford, now a Philadelphia 76er. Um, the dominoes continue to fall, and it seems like the last domino that will set the final moves into place is the Kawhi Leonard domino. Mm-hmm. But I just want to get your, um, y- you know, your thirty thousand feet view of NBA free agency. Uh, what team do you like? What team do you not like the way that they, uh, they comported themselves over the last uh, week here? Um,
1: this might be an easy answer i don't really know I, I love what golden state did I, I don't know how they i don't know really how they mm-hmm. did it i'm not uh, the nba salary cap is by far the most confusing with the soft cap and the exceptions and, and all that type of stuff and and mm-hmm. different maxes for different guys but losing kd and then going and getting an impact player who's not quite a superstar but the next tier under there and can actually jump up to that tier he's so he's still so young getting d'angelo russell um, I'm not sure exactly how he fits in that offense yet, but the talent is absolutely there. And that's kind of what the NBA is about these days. Um, so so they went out and got him. And I saw you tweeting yesterday about how they're, they're uh, reaching, <coughs> excuse me, reaching a deal with Willie Cauley Stein, which I absolutely love for them. That's always kind of been a big need for them is having that, that big man and, DeMarcus Cousins didn't quite really work out because of the injury issues. And then getting Kayvon Looney back on uh, you know the team friendly, I think it was what three years, 15 mil. He was such an yep. impact player for them down the stretch. And really all they lost, I mean, obviously they lost KD, which was huge, but other than that, what, what they just lose Iguodala, which down the stretch, he wasn't much for them either. Um, either way. So I, I think they did a great job of, of replacing what they've lost fairly quickly and going from a, yeah, uh, we're not in, a, we might not make the playoffs next year without a healthy clay to, we're going to be in a pretty darn good position when clay gets back
0: i like i like what they did on paper because you know you lost a name you added a name but the identity of the team has changed too a lot of that identity was andre Iguodala, and it's not to short change what steph draymond and clay bring to that locker room but um it's gonna take some time to get used to like you said you don't really know how d'angelo russell's gonna fit into things mm-hmm. but i do like what they did in the front court as you said Team-friendly deal for Kevon Looney, and then Willie Cauley-Stein, I believe, is getting signed to close to the veteran minimum. That's which, as good a uh, front
1: court as they've had in a long time.
0: Which, yeah, the, the, they'll be really flexible there, and um, you know, I, I've seen firsthand the inefficiencies and the inconsistency of Willie Cauley-Stein. If they can get him to play consistently every single night, um, he, he's got a lot of potential. He can play above the rim. He's kind of in this gray area of wanting to do more than he's supposed to. He mm-hmm. wants to be more than just a rim runner or more than an alley-oop guy, but that's what he is. And if they can get him to embrace that role, and if he responds positively to maybe a couple, um, I don't know, lit beatings by, uh, by Draymond Green, then mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good things there. But um, it's just a new identity. It, everything's going to be new. They're moving into a new stadium you lost your biggest impact player. I do think that there are going to be some growing pains for uh, for the Golden State Warriors. But as you said, bouncing back from, from losing a Kevin Durant, I don't think they could have done it any better.
1: Yeah, I mean, they went from having questions, legitimate questions about the talent on that roster to now pretty much just having uh-huh. questions about the fit on that roster, which is a much better question to be asking yourself i think you're much more worried about how very talented pieces might fit together rather than how are we going to get good enough talent on this team and i mean was it ron myers is, is the gm over there that the creativity rob. To, rob myers excuse me yeah. creativity to get d'angelo russell over there that quickly um good for them and i i actually if i was brooklyn i think i would have been more keen on keeping d'angelo russell but it appears they probably had to bring in Kyrie to get KD. Does that mm-hmm. sound right? So I, I guess if that's the way you're thinking, they probably made the right move.
0: Yeah. Um, excuse me. It was it Bob Myers, and and Bomber, it just Ron, and it, it, it just goes it's all the same. It's it just short, goes to uh, it just goes to show like how a and I'm not going to get into a negative Gar Packs thing here. You, we could do that. We'll later,
1: we'll, but, we'll we'll talk both. <laughs> just, it it don't just don't goes it
0: just goes to show the effectiveness of of a front office with a plan like they they knew all of the possible scenarios coming into free agency. And it seemed like this wasn't something that came together in moments. You know, this was a contingency plan in the case that Durant did leave.
1: Yeah. And they I'm guessing they were kind of assuming that. But you're right. They clearly had a plan. And I mean, when free agency hit pretty much when they knew they had to start setting things in motion but D'Angelo Russell was a warrior two hours after free agency started. So clearly these were conversations they'd had internally and probably with Brooklyn pretty early on once Kyrie signed,
0: once they knew
1: Kyrie was headed there.
0: um, I'm super low on Brooklyn right now anyway. Obviously you have great talent, but again, chemistry, locker room. uh, Kevin Durant's going to sit on the bench for 12 months and watch Kyrie Irving um, really captain the ship there. Uh, Those are the two most volatile, moody players Mm -hmm. in the entire NBA, there are going to be sparks at one point or another. Whether or not that's before or after Durant gets back to action, it's going to happen sometime over the next three to four years where those two bump heads and we're asking, where do we go from here? So it's going to be another soap opera. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I don't know how well it's going to work because of those two um, really strong and... um, as I, said, I say, volatile
1: personalities. Yeah, volatile. I, w- I, I almost wanted to say, you know, weak. I'm not going to go weak, but strong is probably the. I guess uh, I, I can't think of the word, but volatile is probably the right way to go. It's it's two yeah. guys that are. Well, their, their best friends apparently might... A little bit soft. A, that's, that's a good way to a
0: put it. A little bit mentally, mentally soft. Mentally soft. I'm not going to say that physically soft, the, especially that with Kevin That we've seen Durant, before but, in the past. Yeah. yeah, no, tough as nails. Both of these guys are professional athletes. Uh, we bow to what they do for an 82-game season. Fantastic. But we've seen in the past that both of them struggle... When being asked tough questions Or both of them struggle when things aren't going right For a week and a half mm-hmm. stretch So we are going to see a, a little bit of that friction I think at some point In Brooklyn and it's going to be a lot of fun
1: Speaking, but, speaking of KD before we switch I'm sure teams uh, topics here Buy or sell the, the retiring of number 35 uh, in, in, in Golden State
0: I was super torn on this Like Right off the bat I was like what the guy was there for three years
1: But I, I have a take Not a take but I have an opinion But I want to hear yours
0: I think that the criteria for Jersey retirement, you have to check a certain number of boxes. And I think that KD just does check those boxes. I mean, two championships, two finals MVPs, he completely, and I don't want to say changed the trajectory because they were going good before they got him, but completely solidified an era for the Golden State Warriors. If Bob Myers wants to, or and, and Joe Lacob, the owner, wants to put his jersey up in the Rafters, I really don't have a problem with it. The other criteria is longevity, and that's the box that he doesn't check. Mm-hmm. for. I'm
1: cool with the, if that, it, like you said, with how much he did, granted, it such a short period of time, the impact he had there was so large. I'm totally fine with it, but I just, you don't do it now you don't do it you know the day after he leaves you you do this yes when you do he yes you do I just, no, no 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 i think you, you do
0: this when he retires you don't you don't retire it right now you find another day when he's back or when he's retired or maybe this year when he's off to have him come back and do a, a ceremony at the new chase center but you, i'm not honoring you, you i'm not having it. a ceremony forget the ceremony this is why you announce it the day after he leaves it's so Everybody, all 350 NBA players, know that the Golden State Warriors take care of their players. Okay, so, that's a fair so point. So this year during free agency and next year during free agency and the year after that, big-name guys think, hey, let me go there and and finish my legacy with Golden State and, and further their legacy, and maybe I do end up in the Raptors because this is a team-friendly place, somewhere that takes care of their guys. And I think that the last month, for better and worse, has shown that that team does take care of their guys. You have to take them at face value for what they said about not knowing about any possibility of Achilles injury and and not putting them out there with a chance of that happening. You have to take that at face value, at least in my eyes, you do because they do seem genuine in both their their care for these guys and, and the way that everything works in the organization. This is another step to let all of these guys know, hey, come to Golden State because once you're one of us, you're one of us regardless.
1: That's fair. I just, I, I'm okay with them saying you're not going to wear, like, no one's going to wear number 35 again. I just don't want to see some banner raising ceremony yeah. while he's still be a in little, the NBA be a little playing knee-jerk. elsewhere. I agree. Like, I the, agree. let's wait till he's done, he's retired, you know, 10 years from now or whatever it is, and yeah. then we can have him back in honor. But if you want to say no one's wearing 35 again, I get that. But let's let's move on. What else do you like? What else struck? Yeah, I, struck I don't a chord with you do free agency? Uh, a
0: couple moves did. I don't know about any teams. Who I wholeheartedly get behind all of the moves, but um, you know I gotta mm-hmm. gotta stand gotta stand for my kings out here. They're one of the deepest teams in the West right now. They really are. Um, they they built. They went out and cheered up Harrison Barnes. Um, they got um, they got a lot of rim protection with Dwayne Deadman. They got a backup point guard and Corey Joseph. And I know these aren't the big names, but the big names are here. Is what they believe already mm-hmm. between De'Aaron Fox, Marvin, Marvin Bagley. Badley, um, now with Harrison Barnes in the fold, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Buddy Heald, being favorite one of the most name in basketball, Re- Bogdan Bogdanovich. of course, <laughs> Buddy Heald, but and then there's um, there's another there's because there's a couple Bogdanovic. Oh, it favorite, gets confusing. Favorite,
1: and then my favorite like fact in basketball is that Bogdan Bogdanovic and Boyan Bogdanovich are not related.
0: Not related no, at all. Exactly. Flipped. Yeah. Thought they were um, twins. That's, that's good stuff. But yeah, you got Buddy healed off the wing shooting, um, and now there's depth in what there wasn't last year, and there's a little bit of uh, of defensive fortitude. So I really like what the Kings did in putting themselves in a position to uh, break this 13, 14 year drought of not making the playoffs. But from a singular move standpoint, my favorite move, and I don't really know why, is JJ Redick to um, New Orleans. New Orleans. He immediately gives them scoring ability. I know he's a little long in the tooth, but he can still less, shoot the lights out of the ball. Took less money than he would have gotten elsewhere to go and play with a a core that is going to either galvanize, sink or swim, and we'll see. But just makes that place even more fun and um, makes the West even tougher. Um, so I, I love that move, and I love Jimmy to Miami because. Jimmy needs to be somewhere where Jimmy's Jimmy. <laughs> that's Jimmy going go to go. That's going to be Jimmy a really happy ending for Jimmy. Jimmy needs to have the ball in his hand all the time. Jimmy needs the guys he wants around him. Jimmy needs uh crab cocktail after the game. And Jimmy can get all of that in Miami. I, I love it. I think it just fits the persona perfectly. and um, It's
1: a perfect location for Jimmy Butler. We'll be, go no see doubt what, about it. Even we'll more perfect see than what LA would have been. A,
0: we'll go see what a Jimmy team can do.
1: Oh God. That's uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I'm a big fan of the Kemba signing for Boston. I thought okay. Boston really missed that. I mean, when, when Kyrie was at his best, you know, and, and playing, you know, like he was a normal human being his first year in Boston playing pretty well, distributing the ball really well. That team was so good. And you saw how good that team was honestly without Kyrie when they almost took down LeBron in game seven, uh, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And I, I know they lost Al Horford, which is tough. He didn't want to be back. Um, They didn't pay Terry Rozier, which I think was smart, and they went out and got a point guard who is capable of outscoring anybody, but also doesn't need to just be the scorer. He's a guy who can distribute as well. He's a little bit older than I'm sure they probably would have liked him to be. I think he's what 31, but that's not. I mean, it's not like they had to pay him the super max or anything. It was four for four for one forty one, right? So that that that, that saves total bargain
0: a a little bit. (laughs) You know, in the NBA
1: for a guy like that, that is a that's kind of a bargain, which is. And God, you've, got the, North, you've got the northeast. he have got exactly. the northeast. Big he's East connection. He's got the UConn yeah. northeast connection. He's kind of a legend up there. And, and I, honestly, I, I think from the few times I got to watch him play, you know, doing Bulls games and stuff last year, that guy is one of the more underrated scorers and all-around players in the NBA today. And he just kind of was wasting away in Charlotte because it was Charlotte. And no one really cares about him. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a great fit in Boston. And I think that you know, young core of, of young wings over there kind of got exactly what they need. Then Enis Cantor for for pretty cheap is uh, not a great replacement at center, but at least something for them to, to ease the loss of, of Horford and Aaron Baines.
0: And I like the move as well. And I also like what he's done since the move. Uh, Kemba is in Boston. Yesterday, he was literally just driving around, getting out of his car, taking picture with sp- pictures with fans. He like, seems like a good. He's dude. totally he's the anti Kyrie already, and I think. I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be really cool to watch. He's gonna be a the fan. tail end of his career in a place that's so passionate about their team and about their guy.
1: He's gonna be like honestly, I think he has a chance to be as much of a fan favorite there as, as Isaiah Thomas was. Except like he's actually gonna be more than just like a one year wonder type deal. He's actually a mm-hmm. really really good player, and I think he's gonna catch on. And, and I think Boston is going to be in a great spot next year. I love what they did with, with adding him and, and losing Kyrie because that just wasn't a fit.
0: Matt, give me your least favorite move or the team that you think did the worst oh. in NBA free agency. You're really put um, me if, on the spot there. If, well, if you want, if you I mean, want to think about yeah, it, and I actually, have, no, this, I have this my it's, answer. it's
1: pretty easy. Um, okay. the, New, the New York Knicks went out and signed like seven power forwards. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if they they know that you know you can only. Be, I guess it's the NBA now, so we don't have the traditional, uh, you know, two forwards, center, two guards lineup, and you can do what you want. I love Bobby Portis, and I'm glad the man got paid. Um, that that's a weird free agency, and then what, you saw what the Wizards did. I think in trading Saderansky to the Bulls and, and losing uh, both Portis and Parker, they essentially mm-hmm. traded Otto Porter for like like all those guys for absolutely nothing. Just like the second round pick that the Bulls gave them, they pretty much lost all of their talent and have gotten nothing in return for it except for Bradley Beal. Um, so that was a weird free agency move too, because they're not really a team that's lining up, you know, that has stars lining up to come there either. So that that's an odd spot for me.
0: Um, my move that didn't make sense. Um, I, I'm completely blanking on it now. Um, so let me try and That's verbally. Good. Let me try and verbally, Phil. Um, what was I gonna? What was I gonna bring up? It's re- oh, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even. It wasn't even a free agent, but it was a signing uh, over the last 24 hours. Um, Philadelphia. did a Great did a great job and a terrible job. Um, they've gotten, they might not give up 85 points a game. They're going to be the most defensively strong team in the NBA between Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, um, Al Horford. Uh, you're going to have uh, Ben Simmons out mm-hmm. there who's strong defensively. It's just going to be a really good team defensively. Offensively, they're going to who's be huge, but I don't know where the points come from. I hate what they just did in extending Ben Simmons for no reason at all other than he asked for it most likely. So mm-hmm. five years, $170 million for the only guy in the league, non-big man, the only one through three player who hasn't made a three-pointer in his career. Ben Simmons has not made a three-pointer. He is a wing player, and he just got $170 million. Do I think Ben Simmons can be an amazing player in the NBA because he has like this weird, raw, rare talent where – game is great at both ends of the floor but he just doesn't have a shot yet but it seems to be mental a little bit there's so much going on there that I don't know if I would have committed that much cap space to Ben Simmons without seeing another year like if he developed this offseason mm-hmm. and really put in the work and we saw him extend his range a little bit yeah I totally get it that's a going rate perfect but he had so much more to prove still and uh, and he doesn't have to prove it anymore. I, I don't know if this does either party uh, too much justice.
1: Yeah, it, it seemed like uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It was an odd – because he wasn't up for – like he wasn't up yet. They didn't have to do this yet. They, no, it was, what, the, it, I think he had two more year, years on it, right?
0: year or two, was it? Okay.
1: So uh, it, it was just odd timing. And I don't know if it was a, a PR stunt, but I don't really think they needed PR because they're having a pretty good offseason. I don't mind them bringing back Tobias Harris because I think he's a pretty good shooter and a good secondary scorer. But, like – Tobias Harris in that lineup is your go-to scorer, right? Because I mean, you can't yeah. really have like Embiid's obviously a guy you can get the ball to down low and dish off into the corner, but like he's not the guy you're getting the ball to, getting the ball in his hands when you need buckets. Like that—that's kind of become Tobias Harris now, and I don't know how they're going to score all that many
0: points. And and I've got a huge, I've got a bunch of questions uh, surrounding Philadelphia. They could either be the one seed or the six seed in the East to me because. What's going on there? And I've brought it up twice already, but what's going on inside the locker room? Is that a collection of individuals or is that a team? Because you just had Jimmy Butler, uh, who had a super max deal, could have gotten more money in Philadelphia, decide to leave. Um, he would have been the guy with the ball in his hands in the final moments as he was over the tail end of the season there. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be there. Why didn't he want to be there? You had J.J. Reddick who had a big deal from them on the table, too decide to leave to go play with a bunch of young kids in new orleans and take less money why didn't he want to be there why don't guys want to play with awesome players in philadelphia i've got a lot of questions surrounding that franchise right now
1: yeah there's just i mean there's no denying like you said kind of the talent of Embiid and simmons and i I think we saw Embiid grow up a little bit at least you know you mature a little bit towards the end of the uh, end of the year last year and into the playoffs but there's a lot of mentality type questions with that group and it, that, that's a good point seeing guys like those have deals on the table and just kind of go elsewhere for the sake of going elsewhere um it, it's it's an interesting question to ask
0: well i have no answers man i that's don't even
1: maybe we'll get him this year who knows uh
0: we will know hopefully by next week's pod where Kawhi leonard is headed and that will really ship stay in toronto paradigm. come on Kawhi. It would make things just a whole lot more interesting if he did, because then the East is a battle between Philadelphia and possibly Boston and Toronto, and and it keeps the balance of power in the West as interesting as it's ever been. But if he does go to the Los Angeles Lakers, um, I'm here for it, too, because it's it's going to take a while to figure out. I think it's going to be like a LeBron big three Miami thing where year one doesn't really click. Will they in year two, year three probably be the best team in the league? Yes. But I just don't know how Anthony Davis, LeBron and Kawhi Leonard work on the same court. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to see Kawhi, if he's going to go somewhere, go to the Clippers, play with Patrick Beverly, shout out to Chicago who just signed a big extension with them. Um, that would make the Clippers possibly the favorite in the West. But the last thing I want to see is another concentration of power with the Lakers.
1: Yeah, but it, honestly, my gut feeling tells me that's kind of where we're headed. But hopefully, we find yeah. out sooner rather than later. And, and Richard Jefferson announcing he's coming out of retirement to like oh, pay goodness. for the Lakers. That. that
0: yeah, that to me—that's that's, that's literally that's literally where the Lakers are in a cap position. No, but right but that, like, LeBron had to call the, Richard Jefferson. We have to keep the, pay, the space open for Kawhi possibly. I so sign a bunch of idiots to fill the back end of this roster. I don't
1: think Richard Jefferson's coming out of retirement unless he knows something.
0: Uh, Richard Jefferson doesn't know anything. No, and but it,
1: LeBron doesn't. He's friends. LeBron both. doesn't.
0: LeBron doesn't know anything either. Oh, Kawhi man. Leonard. Does Kawhi Leonard probably doesn't even know his answer yet. That's Kawhi Leonard. He's going to make his decision, not in a hastily fashion, but it's not going to be swayed by the uh, persuasions of LeBron James or Jeannie Buss or the bright lights of the Lakers. If he's going to be a Los Angeles Laker, it's because he grew up in South Central a Lakers fan watching this team, and now he has a chance to go win championships with them. That's probably why he'll choose to go be a Los Angeles Laker, not for a cameo in space gym. Um Everyone is in a holding pattern right now, keeping cap space open for Kawhi Leonard in the hopes that he'll come to them. Except and for the Bulls. Bulls the Lakers are, and the Raptors are. Those are the three teams. Doing I know, but they, I know. But they have to. They can't rule themselves out, so... And every team needs to have fifteen guys. The the Lakers are in a cap strapped space, and that's another thing. You sign Kawhi Leonard to his supermax. There's no money to build a team around those guys. It's going to be three Literally out of really five. Nothing. Yeah, but as we'll, I said,
1: we'll find out sooner also, rather than later. Hopefully, hopefully. Matt, I'm going to need you. Um,
0: I'm going to need you to to just nicely package up the podcast here and put it on your back and uh, take us through NHL free agency because. Sure. Beyond uh, a couple black, can, can I ask you about what the Bulls
1: did? What you think about the Bulls? Yes, first? yes. Let's we, go Bulls. Brief, we can, we, there's not a ton to talk about there, but we can, yeah. we can briefly go over it. What, what what have you thought so far about the the Gar-Pak's performance?
0: Better than usual. Um, yeah. I do like this, the the addition. edition. My my question doesn't stem from the moves made in the last week. My question stems from the lack of narrative, the lack of traction, the lack of talk surrounding the Chicago Bulls around not even the biggest of names, but around the tier two names, mm-hmm. around the Jim the Jimmy Butler names, and I know that have been a weird, you know, re- God, reconciliation. But around around the mid-level names. Why were the Bulls not in a single conversation this year? I I don't know, and it's because it's because been this Boston, way since the Boston Celtics weren't, and I understand Al Horford left, and that was the chip that fell, and then they go out and get Kemba. But like, there are blue blood teams who find their way. Even the late, excuse me, even the Knicks. Yeah. I understand that they can't get they it struck right out,
1: but they're there. Like they're and being considered.
0: Now revisionist history here might really. Rear its head, and I'm praying and hoping that Kevin Durant returns the player or even better player than he once was. But we are talking about a guy rehabbing from an Achilles tendon injury. Um, Only a few have done that successfully, so I'm not going to take James Dolan the task for not offering the max. But if if you wanted Kevin Durant, you had to offer the max. Yeah, you took yourself out of the running, not offering the max, but. I see the thought process behind that move. I'm digressing here. They were a part of that conversation. The Bulls did not put themselves into any conversations this offseason. And if it's the rebuild mode, we're not ready, open up cap space for the future thing. I was reading um, Bulldog, who's kind of the capologist over with you guys, um, Kevin Anderson. They're not going to have any cap space two years from now by his number, I think. I, I, I just don't know.
1: I don't and I, I don't next year's free agency class is not supposed to be all that strong I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who's up or whatever I I, I'm not, I, I don't know what it's like two years from now I hope this is their plan I've, I've kind of heard this pitched by a few other you know talking heads here but my, my hope is that they've signed and brought in a lot of these types of players who are solid veterans you know is a solid player um, Thaddeus Young's a solid player who can you know help this team kind of start learning how to win at least a little bit, help the younger guys start learning how to win at least a little bit. And then two years from now, Thaddeus Young's on an expiring deal. Sadoransky's on an expiring deal. Zach Levine's even on an expiring deal. And if you don't think you're going to have chances to bring in, you know, big-time free agents like that, maybe you can be the team that can put together a package of talent and expiring contracts for the latest disgruntled star. I don't really know and quite, <laughs> honestly, quite honestly, it happens every year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know if, if that's what GARPAX is thinking because I, 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 I hope it is maybe, but I, I don't think they've earned the benefit of the doubt to, to let us believe that they're all that, you know, forward thinking and, and, and good at planning ahead. But if that's where their head's at, okay, I get that. Because, you know, if you get somebody in the building like that for a year with by all means, a pretty solid young core right now, and Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen and if Zach Levine's still part of that, that's that's not a bad idea. But right now, that's where I'm at. Like all these moves have done is kind of bring them back to where we were two years ago when the rebuild started. And you know, granted, they're a lot younger, mm-hmm. and the young talent's a lot there. It's not a 28 year old Jimmy Butler. It's a 20 year old Laurie Markkinen and a you know 20 year old Wendell Carter Jr. But it's it's just kind of getting them back to you know. Hanging out, being around the, the the six, seven seed, maybe winning a playoff series if they get lucky, and then getting swept in the second round. So,
0: um, with Wendell Carter's name fresh in your mouth, uh, an update here: he uh, had just, a procedure uh, today. Um, uh, he repair will undergo core a core muscle. He had a procedure yesterday to repair a core muscle injury, which is never good. And the no. procedure was performed by Dr. William Myers in Philadelphia. Carter's expected to be ready for training camp, so it must have been super minor if he's going to be ready for training camp.
1: Yeah, if they, they, they wouldn't be saying that if they didn't fully expect him back. So hopefully, that's uh, hopefully there. That is nothing serious, and core muscles, like you said, are not something to be
0: messing around with. But it, he's I he's a key the, piece, and the last and they serious be one we year. saw was um, Nick Bosa, and that kept him out. Whether Quite or not a while. that was precautionary, but um, yeah. It be quite a can while. be pretty serious, and I think you could have classified. I know they classified it as a groin injury, but um, I want to say LeBron's had had some core yeah. lingerings as well. Um, I mean, this, long story past season. I guess with the
1: Bulls, like, they're going to be more fun to watch this year. They're unless they're devastated by injuries again, they're probably going to win yeah. more than twenty-seven games or whatever the hell. I don't remember what it was last year. Um, but I saw still some not, murmurings,
0: or I saw the question at least being posed around Chicago media: Are they an eight seed?
1: The and they have a chance to be an eight seed in the East because as top, as as good as that top is in the East, I mean, once you kind of start getting Bottom's down so to that bad. four, five, six, like <laughs> it's it's not it's very winnable. I, w- I don't want to call it quite bad because there uh-huh. are some still some good young players on a lot of teams there that can go off and have good years and all that. But it's still a it's it's a winnable bottom of the conference, I guess. And the Bulls, while they might not quite have the top end talent, have definitely done some some things to shore up their depth. But uh, they don't have that star, and until they get one, if if Markinen doesn't develop into that, which I think that's the one they're banking on,
0: yeah. they're, they're not going to be anything a more than what they, they just were. Yeah, um, Matt, uh, we could wax poetic about uh, NBA free agency. It is. Let's go to my is, wheelhouse. I, I, let's do it. But I ju- I just cannot applaud Adam Silver in the league for it's better than the regular season. It, not only I, I wouldn't go that far, but no, I, I, I totally understand. I totally understand what you're saying. But from the tip in October to right now, they find a way to stay in the news mm-hmm. every single day, every single week and the NBA better than all other major leagues has um, has done a great job in the last decade of you know furthering the product and making it something that ages well and, and not only maintains its place in the in the marketplace but grew and moved with the time, and um, I think they'll continue to do so. So just a, just a golf clap for the NBA. Yeah, not, not sure there's a better commissioner in sports right now. Well, let's take it to one uh, commissioner that maybe has taken some some flack in yeah. years past. Um, not as not as bad as, as Roger. But um, okay. NHL, as we said, having their free agency window open up just hours after the NBA. And, um, you know, I caught a couple of the big moves. Um, and, I, I, you know, Pavelski leaving San Jose after 13 seasons, heading to Dallas. Uh, the bread man heading to New York. Um, but uh, give me the breakdown of, again, same thing. Who are the big winners and losers in the NHL?
1: Hey, you, you know how Kawhi said board man? gets paid uh-huh bread more, man gets, more paid. Like gets paid am I right
0: nice that's pretty nice.
1: good um uh, first off I think the Rangers are a winner in getting Panarin over there they didn't they paid is he pay- the highest
0: paid player in the league now behind McDavid he is, he is
1: the highest paid winger in the league okay um, I don't believe his contract peaked, his contract fell short of McDavid's by a couple hundred thousand um, he got, if he would have taken Columbus's offer, which they, they made a last ditch offer, they were only, they were the only team able to extend him to eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, now the, the max deal free agents can get a seven. They offered him something North, I think of 12 million a season. And he still said no. So clearly he just didn't want to go to he Columbus. He wanted yeah. to be in New York. Uh, I, I think you got to call them a big winner. Um, Dallas, I love the the Joe Pavelski move. They're not terribly tied up in cap space. The their their defense is still really young. They don't have to pay a lot there, and Pavelski's still coming off what a thirty four goal, uh, thirty four goal season. Yeah. Um, I love what the Blackhawks have done so far too. I, I hope they're not necessarily done uh, adding to their defense or maybe shuffling some things around, but getting a Vezina Trophy finalist to be your insurance policy for Corey Crawford. I, I, I was going to say that's tell, as creative as you
0: can get. Tell me more about this guy because if Corey's last three, four years, or any indication, we're going to see a good amount of them.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, that's what this. Uh, the the more that I you know kind of read into this and see people tweet about it, and then I uh, read the transcripts for the conference calls for for uh, Robin Leonard. This is clearly. I, I don't think they think Corey Crawford's done or retiring. They're just they, they realize Corey Crawford's one bump to the head away from possibly retiring. He's yeah. one bump to the head away from missing you know twenty five games. And Stan Bowman's—I don't know if he's in a fight for his job, but he's at least close to that, and he can't really afford to have the season rest on you know backup goaltenders, young goaltenders anymore. He went out and got creative and, and found an insurance policy. I think you're no going to
0: more, see, So we go from from an accountant to an insurance policy. Yeah, I think Thank that's you. where we Thank, went. You.
1: Thank um, you. They they went out and got the best goalie on the market. He, he Robin Leonard is a guy who kind of came out onto the scene last year. He was pretty good two years ago, but really burst out last year with the Islanders. He, he's had some mental health issues with addiction in the past. Uh, and last year was the, the kind of the first year he really got clean, really got healthy, and he had an unbelievable season. I think he had a goals against average of like 2.1. His save percentage was around 9.30. Um, and, and he was not only a Vezina candidate, but some people even had him as an MVP candidate last year. So I think you're going to see uh, a lot of him this year, especially if Corey Crawford does need some maintenance time or whatever. I think mm-hmm. it was a great addition. I think Andrew Shaw was a great trade. Yeah, um, I, I think he's a guy who obviously they've been trying to find a similar type player to him since he mm-hmm. left. Uh, when he left, they couldn't afford that contract, but now a couple years removed with, with what he's getting paid and what it would have cost to, to add a free agent that does something similar to him would have cost you probably an extra million and two more years on the deal. So getting a guy who can do what he did is comfortable here. I, I know Stan Bowman loves the reunions. I know the reunions haven't necessarily gone well. Um, I think this one probably has the potential to be the best one because there's also I thought Brandon Saad had good potential but Brandon Sod also had a ton of pressure on him too coming in yeah. and replacing a fan favorite in Artemi Panarin. Andrew Shaw after Taves and Kane might be the biggest fan favorite in, you know, this this Blackhawks era. He's one of the most beloved players here, so he's going to come in, you know, with zero pressure. He's not replacing anybody. He just has to go out
0: and be himself. So I think
1: that was a great addition as well.
0: I'm I'm thinking now. So Shaw, Saad, uh, Sharp who are, I'm trying to think. Johnny Oduya
1: uh, came back. Uh, was there a Boland for Dave Boland. Boland? Dave Boland never came back. No, he, he didn't do a uh, second stint. No, no, he he the, his back was just
0: absolutely yeah. fried. Pretty much by the time um, he left. Who Chicago. else? Um, is that that might be it? But N- yeah, Nikolai that, Hobby
1: Boland. he he made yeah. a brief <laughs> brief return. <laughs> Um. It, it, long story short, the reunions have not gone all that well. Yeah, uh, I mean, Sod up to this point is this one makes the most sense. One. This one, this one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's not a guy you're saying you need to slot in the first, you know, first wing, first line winger, and, and and give us thirty goals. He's a guy who you know I think had forty-seven points in sixty-three games last year. You're looking for him to do something like that, get your goals on the power play, which is something they've always been looking for. And he was some, he was one of the few guys that always had a knack for that you know, getting your goals in front of the net, which is always something you're looking for come playoff time. So I absolutely love that pickup on their
0: part. And it's a reasonable Matt, same question as I posed with the bulls. Does this make the Blackhawks once again, a playoff, uh, I don't want to say favorite, but does this make them, uh, a, a playoff contender?
1: You know, it brings them right back into the conversation. We saw what they did last year with, you know, no defense. And I, I, I don't want to be mean to Duncan Keith who did you know, he had an okay year last year, but he's also a guy who kind of has switches he can flip, and I think he knew no matter how hard he went last year, how good he was, that yeah. defense wasn't going to be much better. Um, Eric Gustafson had a great year last year, obviously, you know 60 points. I think he was one of like eight defensemen in the league to do that, but he doesn't play much defense. Uh, and, and they were still right there in the conversation. If you take out uh, – was it an a couple eight-game losing streaks there in the middle of the season. That team's a playoff team with no defense. They went out. They added a guy in uh, in Calvin DeHaan who is a very steady middle-pairing defenseman that can play just about any role, which is a guy they're actually interested in free agency last year, uh, lost out to Carolina for him. But he's on a reasonable contract. He's exactly what they need. Think Nicholas Jalmerson uh, type, which is since okay. the day they traded him. They've missed him pretty pretty dearly. Unfortunately, they still have that Brent Seabrook contract hanging around, but I think you hope you pair him with a, a responsible-type defenseman. You might be able to get a little bit more out of him. Don't ask him to do as much. Um, I think they're going to be right there. Uh, the problem is that division is so good. Yeah, the, the, the central division in the NHL is the best division in hockey. There are, I mean, You're coming off five teams making the playoffs to defending Stanley Cup champions and you still have a team like the Blackhawks, who's kind of an outlier, outlier. there the outside on the outside looking in, That that's they, the, the Hawks could have a good year and still miss the playoffs because that division's just so incredibly good. But I think they've absolutely positioned themselves to do just that, to be right back in the conversation, have a really good chance of making it. And quite honestly, they have the goaltending to do it now too. They didn't really have it last year as much as I like Cam Ward and how much he admirably filled in for Corey Crawford. They didn't really have that when
0: Corey Crawford went down, and now you, know, you hope that they do. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch, and hopefully both of these teams can get back into the conversation um, and, and reignite a couple of fan bases that uh, that deserve um you know, deserve more than what they've gotten in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the two very good fan bases that need more, Joe, we need playoff hockey back at the UC. I want more. I want more. We, need, uh, we, need, we still got 19 and 88 in uniform and we got them still playing pretty damn well. So That's let's right. get them
0: back to the playoffs. As we, as we said, don't put them in the rafters just yet. As right. long got, as 19 and 88 are on the team, those guys. We got, got another cup to go after. Yeah, let's do um, it. Matt, where, where do we want to go from here? We got, uh, what do we have? I don't even remember. Well, I've got. Uh, you got some landscaper going on. I got there. landscapers, is what I got. So. Don't they know
1: you're trying to, to record a podcast, Joe? We're trying to do a
0: podcast. Thank uh, you for your hard work.
1: Baseball, we want to talk a little, just a little bit of baseball?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, we're, the at the game,
1: all-star, we're at the all star break. We're at here. the all
0: star break, or not the all star break just Basically yet, but the, the, the halfway point. Um, Cubs and Sox, uh, you know, it really seems like the sky is falling on the north side. Uh, the game made its way uh, across the pond for. A showcase out there in London um so you know baseball this is its window this is its moment um and it seems like uh the Cubs are not enjoying the current moment
1: no they uh they got some problems over there man the 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 lineup is just so incredibly inconsistent right now I mean right quite honestly the Cubs most consistent hitter performer at the plate the last you know three weeks has been Jason Hayward. And that's not, I'm not trying to knock Jason Hayward. He's had a very nice bounce back here. But with the names you have in that lineup, that's just kind of not acceptable. Um, their most um, reliable pitcher in Cole Hamels is on the DL probably until August. So or excuse me, IL, it's called now. And yes, get it right. They just can't, they can't buy a hit with runners in scoring position. They're sometimes getting guys on. They cannot get them. They can't get them over. They can't get them in pretty much unless Javi Baez or Kyle Schwarber goes deep. And there's not really the prospects in the cupboard to go out and and make these, you know, fixes. They have one or two problems they have to go out and get. And they really only have, you know, three big names in that prospect system, prospect
0: pool that people are going to be really interested for big time players. So they got a problem. Um, I was reading that uh, Joe has called meetings uh, just like, you know, impromptu meetings, not to talk strategy, but to like just talk about mission and vision and, and things like that, you know. I don't think there were any magicians in the room mm-hmm. on this one, but um, so one of but, those was yesterday, uh, I, I believe. Before has there been any indication on like what his concern is or what the the message in those meetings has been?
1: Uh, you know, it, those things tend to not really get out for the most part because when mm-hmm. those types of meetings happen. I mean, you you and I have played sports enough to know that usually those messages stay in the locker room for the most part. But I think it's just more Mm -hmm. addressing focus, addressing drive. And then you you had one of those meetings and Joe Madden's notoriously, uh, you know, known for, he pretty much has three meetings a year, one at the beginning of the season, one around the all-star break, one before the playoffs. And that's about it. So the fact that he's calling meetings knows that he sees something is up, but you know, you have a meeting before last night's game, or, you know, I think it was before uh, this, this series started in Pittsburgh and two nights ago, you know, Albert Almora Jr. makes a boneheaded play out in center field trying to get fancy, you know, backhanding something, and it leads to a run score. Jason Hayward, you know, one of their most fundamentally sound baseball players, gets picked off at first base. It's the, they're not really responding to it, and I don't know what that means for the lineup. I don't know what that means for the group. I don't know if that means there's not enough leadership in the clubhouse outside Anthony Rizzo. I don't really know. There's there's a lot of questions and not many people seem to have the answers. You know, guys like Cap don't really even seem to have the answers, and they're the guys who always do uh, somehow have those answers to to somehow figure it out for the Cubs or tell you they have it figured out for the Cubs.
0: Well, you, you mentioned in our pre-show that Cap, uh, what's his what's his going line right now? Cap saying,
1: as currently constructed, the Chicago Cubs can't win a World Series. I, I tend to agree with him. So and what they,
0: needs to happen to that construction?
1: Uh, I mean, you need a, a, and I always laugh because a couple years ago on this podcast, it was a year after they won the World Series and got rid of Fowler, the lineup was struggling, and I said, you know, do you think they missed that leadoff presence at the top? You know, that yeah. that, that table setter. And I didn't get laughed at, but I got shot down pretty quickly, saying, you know, this isn't you know old school baseball where you need that. And now he's you know oh, uh, on the radio saying that they need a Whit Merrifield type <laughs> player that you know <laughs> really a table setter type at the top of the lineup. But I think they're missing that. Kyle Schwarber's had a. I guess a nicer year, the average isn't really up there, but the power numbers are fine. I think he's got around 20 home runs, which is what you'd expect from him. He's not a leadoff hitter. He's not mm-hmm. a table setter. You need to get one of those guys in the lineup. You need to get more consistency out of your second base position because right now they're trotting out Addison Russell and Daniel Descalso, who both I mean kind of suck at the moment. And they need their starting pitching to step up. I mean, John Lester's ERA is in the fours, and you like to think he'll have it figured out because he always seems to by you know July, August. You mm-hmm. Darvish's ERA is in the fives. Jose Quintana's continues to be incredibly streaky, and even when he's having his good games, can really only give you about six. I think he's one of the worst pitchers in the majors, through, you know, through the lineup the third time, so he can't really get you past five or six. Um, yes. They don't. Kyle Hendricks just came off the IL, so I mean, you're hoping to you get him back and get some consistency there, but they don't really have the starting pitching right now. The bullpen's obviously added Kimbrell, but. You expect him to go through some growing pains. He hasn't been great to start the year either. They need guys to start playing up to their potential because you look at the names throughout that roster, the names are there. It's just guys not playing up to how good they are. I mean, Chris Bryant's, I think, one of the worst hitters in baseball with runners in scoring position. He's like 11 for
0: 60. Can't have it. Can't win with him. You can't have have your best all-around
1: hitter be that bad with runners in scoring position.
0: Uh, Matt, on the south side today is, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, Dylan Cease Dylan Day. Dylan Cease Day. Happy Cease so, uh, Day. So get your Cease jerseys. You said number 84, I Number believe? 84. Like uh, like a young Randy Moss. There you go. Uh, I think that's uh, what we're hoping. Cease, gonna, I don't know how to draw a, a line between the two, but uh, what do we want to see out of Cease today?
1: Uh, you want to see him have command of his fastball. You want to see him throw strikes. I'm not terribly certain or t- terribly concerned if, you know, he, he gets hit a little bit today because, you know, first major league start, guys are going to be looking to jump on him. But I'd like to see him have command of his pitches. You'd like to see him trust James McCann and just kind of throw whatever he puts down. And you like to see him touch, you know, around 98, 99, 100 like, you know, he's capable of. Um, the, the numbers started out really good in AAA for him this year and then kind of started wavering. Part of that, I think, was because they said they're using the major league ball uh, in Triple A this year, so that was some pitchers were having a tough time adjusting to that. But also, mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it with Kopech right before he came up to uh, two years. It was last year. I think he just got a little bored down there, got a little bit complacent because he's kind of done all he can do. He's figured out all he can. Um, you're just looking for consistency, though. You're looking for a guy who can give you five, six innings every time out, and, and eventually that elite stuff will start to show because he has it. I think I read Chris Getz said. After Eloy Jimenez, if he had to bet on one prospect in their system, he was betting on Dylan C. So those are high, high praise from the the uh, scouting director, or no, sorry, uh, director of player development uh, of one of the best farm systems in all of Major League Baseball. But you're, just, you're looking for a quality start today. Let's say that. Let's hope for a quality start.
0: We want, uh, we want no runs on two hits over seven. That's it's what I'm looking the, hey, for.
1: Hey, you know what? It's the Tigers, so that's
0: possible. They stink. <laughs> uh matt we got uh, some segments to get into also we'll before here. we do
1: that i think i need to mute the phrase fernando tetis jr from twitter perfect i can't do perfect it. it makes me it makes me too sad <laughs> um well uh you go ahead and do that i think i'm gonna do that i just need to make that announcement
0: go on. uh i know we got a mailbag today you want to do buy or sell or mailbag up to you uh let's do buy or sell we can close out with the mailbag The that dramatic pause or did i lose you
1: no, I said let's do buy or sell, and then we close out with the mail. Okay. I think you lost me.
0: I just well, yeah, I just wasn't hearing anything. You know, it's there probably, for a the lawn, um, probably the lawn. the
1: long guy in the background.
0: Uh, he's he's since moved, so don't don't put it on don't put it on All my right. lawn
1: I, I, I'll I'll kick things off here. Here, comes the money. here we go. Money talk. Here
0: comes the money. I
1: like to buy 500 shares of Animotion Incorporated. Animotion is
0: up an eighth after plunging 75 points this morning. Hey, because Heard you having money problems. no no
1: no
0: they're all selling and buy, buy, buy. I, I can't believe you put your money in that Zentrex. You could have invested in my rollout tie dispenser. You can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but then no. It's gotta be your bull.
1: I declare bankruptcy You want the good news or the bad news? The give, me the, the bad uh,
0: give me the bad story. Let's
1: start with the bad story. Kareem Hunt, um, obviously yeah. he's, he's known for his uh, Domestic violence type issues, not even type issues, domestic violence issues before the Browns signed him. Uh, Saturday night now apparently being questioned by police for an apparent incident at a bar. I believe it was a bar fight. Uh, He was not arrested. But again, this is a guy who is on the shortest of leashes and is now right back in the thick of things. So I'm going to say if you're running the Browns, if you're John Dorsey, buy or sell cutting ties with Kareem Hunt at this point.
0: I don't. There's just too much uh, moral undertone on mm-hmm. this, and, and that's to no one's fault but Kareem's hun- Kareem Hunt's. Mm-hmm. I am all for second chances, depending on the offense, and Kareem Hunt crossed that line of deserving a second chance, and he still got one, and, and he got one right away, and he got one right away, and I think that. Um, I want to be really careful here. I think that Kareem Hunt as an athlete is unbelievable. He's fantastic. He'd be one of the top backs in the league if he could just get out of his own way. Um, reports surrounding this last altercation in a bar show that you know it wasn't his fault. It was brought to him, self-defense, however you want to put it. But when you're already in a situation where you're on your last life. You on don't your put last yourself draw. in those
1: situations. Why, you, why you at the those? bar?
0: Why yeah. I, I know go have fun, but figure out where to be, figure out where not to be, figure out who to surround yourself with, figure out a way, the ways to stay out of these situations. He can't do it. He can't get out of his own way. So, you know, if I'm a general manager trying to put together a team, I, I have to weigh that morality in the sense that this is a guy we can get for cheap because he's an idiot. But at the same time, more stuff is going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, if I'm a general manager, I look elsewhere for my running back home.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, it, I would not have added Kareem Hunt, especially you know this early into you know or this quick after you know such violations and, and whatever that he committed, the domestic violence issue. I think he got brought back way too soon. But if you are going to do that, it has to be the biggest zero tolerance issue. Like I don't care if it's not even your fault. You can't even be putting yourself, yourself in these types of situations. And like you said, why at the bar? You're, you're a professional athlete. You have all the money in the world. Even though he hasn't gotten paid a, a ton yet, he still has a ton of money. You can bring the bar to your place if you mm-hmm. really want to. You can have the people around you that you want to have around you. You don't need to be out. You don't need to be at bars. And I know these are young people. You know, trying to live their lives still. But you know, they also have a privilege. The NFL is not a right. Pro sports is a privilege. And if you want to have that privilege, you need to kind of deal with the consequences. Deal with you know the, the things that come with it, and he's not dealing with it well. I would have. I don't care if this is just a minor incident. I would have just said, not you know what? We're done.
0: We'll that's see. You. It. Yeah. We'll see it. Go. Good luck elsewhere." Yeah, I think that's uh, probably what we end up seeing at some point or another. Whether it's this altercation or the next. Yeah, because
1: unfortunately, with the trend, it seems like there will be a next at some point.
0: Matt, buy or sell? Uh, and this one's going to be more of an overarching question, but it's based on what we saw from. Uh, the young star in Naomi Osaka, who got knocked out, the defending champ at Wimbledon, who uh, beat Serena last year, uh, got knocked out in the first round this year. And uh, in her press conference, she was asked a, a simple question about you know how her life has changed in the last 12 months, and she essentially cut a reporter off by turning to the interview coordinator and saying, "Can I leave? I feel like I'm going to cry. Can I leave?" Um, you know, there's there's a lot of layers to unpack here. But buy or sell, tennis players get away with more in a post game setting than any other athlete.
1: You know, it, it kind of seems like they do because we, I, I feel like we not have incidents like this one, but you have you know incidents that go viral, incidents get that get talked about very quickly, and then just quickly get going, get you know dropped and forgotten about, and you know, forgotten about. Like the Serena Williams incident isn't really even talked about last, you know, much anymore. Um, I mean, John McEnroe is essentially praised for being an asshole. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I buy that. These these people kind of do whatever – say a lot of weird things, stupid things at press conferences and, and have these weird incidents. And they just seem to kind of go away by the wayside, and that probably has to do with the popularity or, or lack of popularity in tennis. Um, mm-hmm. is, this was – I, I hadn't heard about this until you even brought it up. It, I, I know she's only 18, and, and hopefully she can kind of learn from that situation. But that's – it's, it's not a great look. I know if you don't want to cry on stage or whatever in front of the press because then you're going to even go even more viral. But at the same time, it's, it's not a great look and hopefully she
0: can learn from this one. Maybe even,
1: you know, apologize to the media and kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. Um, in my eyes, they do tend to have a leash, but I don't, there's always been an air of, uh, performance art to tennis for me. And I think this is part of it or falls into that category at least. Um, specifically speaking about Naomi Osaka, young star with the world ahead of her. Um, even her win last year was so odd because of that call. See, and, and people and don't even talk about her win. And, and they
1: talk about Serena's
0: loss. Yeah, and it it almost seems like her psyche or, or her um, her whole world was defined by that, and, and she hasn't been able to move away from that over the last 12 months. But uh, ho- hoping the best for her, but y- you got to – you gotta handle yourself a little bit better in post-game availabilities because you know that's that's just as much as your your job yeah. as you know serving in the second game of the first set. Hey, know? with how with
1: how good she is at what she does, she's gonna have a chance in that spotlight again. Yeah. So hopefully, she does better next time.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: buy or sell? you been watching the World Women's World Cup, show
0: keep an eye on the americans feverishly well, yeah. then i
1: think i know your answer this just, just I, I know the answer i just i wanted to get some talking here because i think they deserve it Buy or sell sunday's women's world cup final must see tv i know it's what 8 oh, a.m out there for you
0: 100 percent buy. yeah we'll be up we'll be watching it we'll be pulling for for our, our u.s women and uh you know they've made it. it's not just because of the stage or the bright lights they've, they've made, made it fun a, appointment television because they're so much fun because they have the personalities because the type of soccer not that i know a ton about it but the type of soccer they play isn't a packet in defensive game like they're attacking from the outside mm-hmm. they're throwing balls into the box they're taking shots when they're there like it's fun to watch and uh, you know the storylines going into the english matchup were fantastic with you know pierce morgan running his mouth saying that you know they're too boisterous and too full of themselves like no we're just americans and we're the shit like this is this is how this is how it goes like it's the it's the keep me out of the end zone paradox we mm-hmm. don't want our ladies to celebrate, keep us out of the end zone, keep us out of the box um so uh it's uh it's a hundred percent appointment television for me It's a point of not only national pride but um but pride in uh in in, in you know this sport at its highest
1: level yeah and the, this American team especially has been playing it. I think I saw a stat too there the U S women's national team is undefeated in games that Alex Morgan scores. And it's like 60 some plus games. And that's just, that was a wild stat to me. Um, And I think it was also seven consecutive world cup games that this team has scored within the first 15 minutes, which is also that, that that speaks to what you were just kind of saying. They don't play that packet in style. They're from the get go, from the, you know, the, from the opening kick, they are going for it. They're, they're trying to attack, be aggressive, but it's been fun to watch. Honestly, that, Alex Morgan celebration, like right after England kind of tied it up yesterday. The whole tea sipping thing. I mean, bonus buy or sell, That's the greatest celebration of all time.
0: Uh, the I can't think of a better tea sipping celebration. I think I, I can't. It's think good. Of a I, right I won't. I won't say the greatest of all time. It's it's got it's Ricky up there. Hen, Ricky Henderson taking the base out of the out of the ground still always comes to mind immediately. That's like. Like I just okay, stole, maybe not great. I right? just stole this base and physically took it out of the ground. That's always resonated with me.
1: Well, wasn't that a record? <laughs> wasn't that a record? Yeah, that was
0: a record, but yeah. you're saying the greatest celebration. Do I have to celebrate okay, the maybe okay, okay, maybe
1: not great. Maybe cockiest. I think cockiest is right up there. Cockiest celebration?
0: Probably when Ocho Cinco came to the sideline and put on the Hall of Fame jacket. That was also pretty
1: good. That, um, that was, was pretty cocky. Never going to get <laughs>
0: Yeah, but uh, no, it's it's in the pantheon. It's definitely in the pantheon.
1: That's what I was getting at. It was, it's yeah. just been a lot of fun, especially like you said. There, there was <coughs> a lot of uh, a lot of trash talking, a lot of down talking to the to the American women's team uh, from the English, you know, media and all that. All that you saw on Twitter, their newspapers and all that stuff. So it was, it was fun to see them kind of win and, and shut that up.
0: Matt got one for you here. We also, on, advice, <coughs>
1: maybe put yep. a, put a few shekels on the women's national team. I've been doing that the last couple of rounds. It's been paying pretty good
0: i can't i can't throw off the juju though i'll, I'll stay That's away fair. from it i'll keep doing yeah. it for both yeah. of us okay. except
1: i won't give you my winnings
0: <laughs> matt uh buy yourself player documentaries and i asked this in the vein of uh julian edelman just released his personal player doc on showtime and being julian edelman one of my favorite players of all time i was quick to watch that one it was it was good stuff it's a little oddly put together but very entertaining um, really digs into his relationship with his pops and, and everything that's gone into it, including you know they really go behind the scenes of uh, you know him receiving his uh, his suspension last year and what that did to his family and all those things. So really good stuff. But buy or sell player documentaries, I guess I I, I even add a qualifier: buy or sell player documentaries while players are still playing.
1: I oh, say so th- this is going to sound maybe meatballish of me. I, I really only buy them if they don't you know get in the way of actual you know. Team-related activities, in-season type stuff. If it's all your off-season work, and you know you're still actually getting in, you know, good work. You just have cameras there while you're doing the same exact normal stuff. Well, you know, while Julian Edelman was suspended, you know, I'm fine with that. But if you have your your own personal camera crew around and stuff during the season, which I, I'm not sure, I don't think. I haven't seen the Edelman one, so I don't think it goes that deep. I, I'm not really for it. But, yeah, if, if it's about your off-season training methods, if you're about your off-season workout type stuff, sure, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think it's a good way for you know people to learn a little bit more about the player and, honestly, a little bit more about their workouts because I think that's it's good for younger athletes and, and you know, even just guys like us who used to play know kind of what these guys are putting themselves through and you know, know the types of workouts they're going through every day to kind of measure yourself or, or, or know what you have to do if you want to get to that level.
0: Yeah. sure I'll, I'll buy it
1: i haven't watched it but I, i'll I'm it's good watching
0: it and you know we've we've had brady in the past couple of, or like past 12 months time, we've right? had uh steph curry's thing out on facebook um yeah so there, there's been a few of them i think guys are just uh, getting more comfortable with um you know pulling the veil back and i think that's good
1: yeah i mean it's good for guys too to promote their own personal brand which is kind of what sports has, has taken off to now a lot of these guys have their own lines their own personal brands and the it's good for their bottom line to kind of open back the curtain a little bit like you said.
0: Yeah. Uh, you got one more or is that it?
1: That's it. Uh, I got a um, mailbag. Mailbag, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if you've seen any more, but these are the – the mail bag comes from our good friend Parker. You know, Parker Carroll, Joe? Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember him? Friend, um, the I, do. I do. We got we got some Bears – we got a Bears question here. It, it goes to the the gambling realm here. Favorite Bears prop bet for the season. I've only seen four of them. Uh, I, okay. I haven't seen the divisional odds, but the four I, I've seen are: Mitch two hundred to one to MVP, which I think has already dropped down to fifty because that got so many bets placed on it. Okay. Over under nine and a half wins for the season. Okay. David Montgomery seventeen to one to an offensive rookie of the year. Mitch over under twenty six and a half touchdown pass. So I'm going to give you twofold here. One, give me your favorite of the prop bets there—the one you think you, you you'd most want to put some money on. And two, I'm going to give you a hundred hypothetical dollars. How are you spreading that hundred dollars around those four props?
0: Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna depart a little bit here, but of those or four, if you, got props, an- if
1: you got another one, bring it. Up. I, I don't I don't. I'm I'm don't seeing,
0: but yeah. of those four props, um, I, I'm going with the over nine and a half wins. This okay. is the best Bears team that we've had in a long time and if they go out and execute the way they showed that they're capable of last season we should have at least 10 plus wins yeah. so so i think that that's the safest one i put all hundy on that or i'd go 50 50 i'd go all i'd go 50 50 or 75 25 and throw a couple shackles on mitch's uh, over under as well but i don't know what the number is give me the over on both uh Eddie Jackson interceptions. And Khalil Mack sacks. Just okay. give me both of those overs as well. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, need don't need know what those number. are, but I'm I, don't with to, you. I don't need to see the number. Um, give me give me thousand dollars on each. You know, I I might actually
1: go under Eddie Jackson on the interception simply because they kind of they have a that, little bit more of a new that ball. that line could be
0: a little inflated. It could be a little inflated. bit inflated
1: because we saw last year it, teams might be a little bit more of a, more aware of him now and kind of stay away. And they also have. You know, ha ha clinton dicks a little bit more of a ball hawking safety than adrian amos was that said i, I would never bet against the bear so i would just not take it or i would take the over got it um honestly i love mitch at, at 26 and a half touchdowns um i think he's gonna throw a lot of touchdowns that's if he starts all 16 that's less than two touchdowns a start if he starts mm-hmm. you know 13, that's you know two touchdowns to start, and I think you're hoping you get that from him. I think he's going to go way over that. I think his second year in this offense, improved weaponry, better play calling likely for Matt Nagy, probably has a little more trust in his quarterback, a little better feel for his offense. I think that number is going to go north of you know, 32, 33, maybe even get up close to 40. Um, after that, I do like the 9.5 wins. I know, I know the schedule is tough this year, and that's kind of my only pause there because as good as the Bears might be, they're going to have some tough matchups this year, and you never know what can happen on any given Sunday in the NFL, but I would like that. I think if you have $100, hypothetically, you have to throw like two of it on Mitch at 200-1 to just in case. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I, I actually just this morning did throw $25 on David Montgomery at 17-1 to to an offensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to get a ton of touches. I think he's going to be RB1. And we've seen how quickly running backs can take off and thrive in those types of offenses. And in a draft that doesn't have, uh-huh. I mean, you know Kyler Murray is the biggest offensive name drafted. I'm not sure he's going to take off right away. Uh, I think there's an opening there for Offensive Rookie of the Year.
0: I like that as well. So essentially, I
1: love all four Bears prop bets because I'm a
0: Bears fan. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't, I'm not uh, immediately turned off by any of them. So, That's good. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue. That's what uh, you're looking
1: for. Is <laughs> just a nice bear's turn on. Yeah, you can be easily swayed. It. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, Matt, that, that's if all you I've can't got. tell, we're getting close to bear season here. We just we want it to be bear season. We are. We're, we're itching. We're right about, about two months. Yeah, we're just over uh, two months here. Have from, they announced from their
0: report date? Late uh, August. It's they probably August. did, but I don't yeah. really
1: know it off the top of my head. So who cares? Yeah. Well, we're
0: getting, uh, there. We're getting there. Matt, you got anything else for the people before we? Uh, before we send them on the way, I'm running. We I'm out of voice here. We got Happy reason. Fourth of July, Happy Independence Happy Fourth of day. July, yes. Celebrate. Happy birthday, um, Happy birthday, uh, Happy birthday United States. Happy Independence. Um,
1: you got? You, I know you got to work, but you, you work in all. You work in that night. You work in just the day. What do you got on the fourth?
0: Um, I'm going to try and get everything on tape and uh, get out of there. Watch some fireworks with the uh, with with the shelves now and throw um, some meat on the grill. Yeah, a little meat on the grill. Nothing nothing too crazy, but. Uh, Looking forward to uh, a trip back to the Chicagoland area next when do, week. So when do you come back again? We're going to have to talk about uh, scheduling. I get back Wednesday, so uh, I should Wednesday. be uh, um, okay. If we want to do a Tuesday pod um, on the phone, or uh, you know, schedule's filling up pretty quickly. Oh, you're a popular but, guy, man. I'm in you're high demand, guy, so yeah. uh, so maybe or maybe we could do another face to face podcast that uh, we can't post. Well, let's, I was, do yeah. one, <laughs> let's do one of those. Let's <laughs> do one of those. <laughs> <laughs> to this
1: day, that was still our most fun one. Maybe one, it was. It was good I time.
0: your schedule's filling up. I still haven't received a phone call, but that's interesting. You know, Matt. Uh, neither of you know. I, I don't make the phone I'm calls. I received them. I'm not. I'm not.
1: I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
0: I don't have. I don't have the mental bandwidth for this right now, Matt. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna shut that. us down. Uh, great job today. We, we appreciate all of your insights from baseball to basketball to to the to the sheet um, you've got it all Matt you've last thing all.
1: for the people here it's the downs it's the down season guys free agencies wrapping up all we got is baseball here coming up send us some mailbag questions give us Do some it. stuff to talk about we don't Do always it. want to talk about sports give us some other stuff give us some fashion give us some some fun stuff give us some uh, movie topics whatever we want to talk about that type of stuff yeah rank exactly. your oceans 11 your oceans movies on
0: twitter we'll talk yeah about we it. still want more oceans still waiting content. for tweets
1: guys we want to more. talk oceans movies
0: <laughs> for matt rooney danny ocean i'm joe Musso. as always like us on twitter or like us on like us where you can like us subscribe wherever you can do it all click the buttons and uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to episode 110 of the moose and runes podcast we'll see you next week